this is what he said. This morning we was leading prayer on uh, the midnight incense, and this is what he said this morning. He said, he says, he says, I need my people to get still. He said, I need you to get still. He said, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and faint not. He says, I need you to get so still. He said, because what's happening is people are so busy running here, running there, doing this, doing that. He says that they don't have time for me. He says, you're so busy doing stuff, you're not even doing the stuff I called you to do. He says, you are out of position. And I just paused. I'm like, Lord, what does that mean? He's like, there's things we have called, you have been called to do. He says, he says, I'm not talking strictly to you. I'm talking to the entire body of Christ. You are out of position. He said, there's stuff I told you to stop doing a year ago, and you're still doing it. He says, and you believe because of your busyness that you are doing what I called you to do. He says, you are not. He says, get where I told you to be and bloom where you're planted. See, in the military, you have, you have, okay, yes, sir. Get still. Get still in your thinking. Get still in all that stuff you let come out your mouth. He said, because the things that come out of your mouth, if they don't line up with my word, he said, that's not me, that's you. You got to get still. There's, he said, there's so many voices out here today, and you're, he said, you're like a little child going from one to the other, to the other, to the other, and the one voice you're not listening to is the voice of their spirit, which is telling you to get still. Get still. What do you say in Isaiah chapter 41? He says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord. He said, I'll renew your strength. He said, you'll mount up with wings and an eagle. He said, you will run and not grow weary. He said, you'll walk and faint. Now, he says, so many people in the body of Christ are weary because they're doing a lot of running, but they're not running according to the race that I called them to. So I need you to get still. See, see, I, this is a great thing I love about God. See, God will tell you and give you an opportunity to turn. But if you, if you make a decision, I'm not going to turn. It doesn't make what God said any less important. It doesn't make what God said any less true. God says, I need you to turn. Anybody heard that word? God been telling you that? Get still. You too busy. You too busy. Ooh, that's good. He says, you know, the world will tell you you're a jack of all trades, but a master of none. That only works in the world. In God's system, God says, I called you to do this one thing. And if you're not doing that one thing, you are not doing what I called you to do. Can I give you a nugget? You will only get credit for what God called you to do. 
I can go out here right now, pop up major tents, have evangelistic meetings every weekend, every weekend, every weekend. But if God told me he wanted me to cut the grass down at the Met and I didn't never cut that grass, but I got a whole bunch of people saved, but I never cut that grass, I only would get credit for the grass he told me to cut. See, the world is convinced the church and the church is bought into it and the adversary will keep you so busy doing things that you never get around to what God told you to do. All good things. But if you don't do what God called you to do, the way God called you to do it, to the people God called you to do it. Think about this. Apostle Paul, anybody ever heard of him? Do you know he didn't get any credit till he started ministering to the Gentiles because that was his assignment. Everything else he did, remember when he used to go to his own people who he loved so much, the Jews, every time they rejected him. And he put himself in situations he never had to be in because he had a zeal for them, but God's assignment was the Gentiles. You only get credit for what God called you to do. Can I give you another word? He didn't tell you to swallow the whole ocean of Canada. He says, start with the cups where you're at. Are you affecting your families? Are you affecting your neighbors? Are you affecting your community? Have you affected your city? Get still. Get still. And on this time away, without me doing, being pulled here and there, hey, there, there's some adjustments that's coming to the house. People don't believe praise and worship is important, but I'm going to tell you what God will do in praise and worship. In one passage, Psalms 32 verse 7 says this. David's in a situation. This is what David says to the Lord. Lord, I'm reading out a Passion Translation. Psalms 32 and 7, he says, Lord, you are my secret hiding place. Protecting me from these troubles. Surrounding me with songs of gladness. Your joyous shouts of rescue release my breakthrough. Another way to say it in the King James Version, he says, Lord, you are my hiding place. You are my refuge from trouble. You encompass me about. You surround me with songs of deliverance. So why do we teach praise and worship? Why is praise and worship such an important part? Because in the midst of your tests, trials, and tribulations, he's going to give you a song. And in that song will come forth your deliverance because that song will cause you to get so still before God it will cause you to rest before God so still that when you listen to that song, your spirit will get quiet. Your head will get quiet. Your body will get quiet. Almost to the point you almost like feel like you're in a trance. And then he says, and now that I have your attention. Now that I have your attention, this is what the Lord said to David after David said this to God. See, David was the one who initiated. And this is what God said to David. He says, I will stay close to you, instructing you and guiding you along the pathways for your life. 
I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. Who is going to do the leading? God. How is he going to do it? With God's eyes, which sees everything. And he's going to lead David in the way that he should go, the pathway he should go for life and not death. But what did David have to do first? He had to get still before God. You can't hear God if you listen to everybody else. Heck, if I'm be, I'm straight up with you. If, if there's a choice between you listening to five recordings that we did or you spending an hour with God in prayer, ding, 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 I'm going to tell you what you want to do. Listen to the Lord. Because whatever I say, I'm going to get from him. See, it goes, I'm going to show you how this works. I go this way, he comes this way, we go this way. Up, back, boom. Up, back, boom. So I'm the middleman. I pray, Father, what is it that you would have me to say to your people? This is what I want you to say. This is what I want you to say. This is what I want you to say. My opinion means nothing. Newsflash, your opinion doesn't mean anything either if it don't line up with the word. I heard somebody say this once, so I'm going to use it. He said, if you hear somebody give you the word out of context, it's just a con. If you get the word out of context, it's just a con. You got to get the word in context. So he's telling me to tell you, I need you to get still. I need you to get so still. I need you to get so still. Cut it out. Cut out all that, I, all that extra stuff you're doing right now that God didn't tell you to do. God's saying cut it out. All those extra activities that you've gotten yourself wrapped up, 25 life groups, 12 prayer groups, all good stuff. But if you're not spending time with the Father, none of that matters. Can I tell you this? Spending time in life groups does not replace the time you spend with God in prayer. Can I tell you why? Because when you're in trouble, you got to know how to hear God for yourself. You might hear my voice saying, quit it. Shift, go this way. But if you didn't spend any time with God in prayer, you won't know what to do after you shift. So, I'm like, this is what I tell Juan. Even if God has given me a word and it's not particularly for me at that second, I treat it like it's for me. Okay, Father, I heard what you said. What do I need to do? What do I need to cut out? What have I added that you didn't tell me to add? What's taking away? Oh, that's good, Lord. He says, ask yourself this one question. What's taking away all your time? From spending time with God. Oh, I can t I'm going to show you this one last thing, and then we're going to have a guest this morning who's going to bring the word to us this morning in the name of Jesus. Most of y'all know him. This word God gave me when I was traveling back the other day. He said, I think I got it. 
Oh, I don't have it on this because it didn't copy to my. But this is what he says. He says, you are as close to me as you want to be. I said, excuse me? He said, you are as close to me as you want to be. And he says, because my word says, if you draw nigh to God, God will draw nigh to you. He says, the moment you stop drawing nigh to me, he says, I'm still pursuing after you, but you're, you're running this way. Can y'all see that? God is pursuing after you, but you're running. He says a great example of that is Adam and Eve. Remember, when they fell, God pursued them. They ran from God. But even while they was running from God, trying to hide themselves, God still was pursuing after them. So the more you draw near to God, the closer you draw, he'll draw near to you. How do you do it? I know that's, I know many people say, well, how do I draw near to God? Because I asked him that question. He says, when you spend time with me in prayer, you're drawing nigh to me. When you're spending time with me in my word, you're drawing nigh unto me. When you're just fellowshipping, like, remember we said waiting on God. Waiting on God means you're not doing all the talking. Most people go to prayer and you talk too much. That's why you can't hear nothing. Because God says you do, you're doing too much talking. You're doing all the talking. Amen. Where God says, Father, I'm going to show you this how. Father, you know what? I was thinking about this situation, Lord, and this is what's going on in everything. But I know your word says this. What do I do in this situation? And then just wait. Because he's going to talk to you. God is always talking. We may not always be listening, but he's always talking. I mean, always. I mean, 3 o'clock in the morning talking. When you're in the shower, singing your solo, God's always talking. And he's telling you what to do about that situation at work. He's telling you what to do about that situation with your family. Do you know how many people we got to minister to this week in our family without having to say one, thee, the, thou, and they initiated the conversation? Just by walking in the love of God. Love draws people to you. They want what you want, what you have. And this is what I, I said, and then this is where I'm going to stop. I said this to my family member this week. I said, you know what? What I learned to do is what Jesus did. Jesus did not give the people what it is that he wanted to force on them. Jesus met the people where they were at and gave them what it is that they needed at that moment. And when he met their need, what they needed that moment, then they were more open to receive what it is he wanted to get to them. See, we as a body of believers tend to want to give people what we believe that they need. But what if they're not there yet? What do you do? You give them what it is that they need for that moment. I just need you to love me today. I just need somebody to encourage me today. Oh, praise God, I can do that. Can you pray for me? I mean, people, can you pray for me about this? Can you pray for me? Can, I got this. Can you pray? Can you pray? Can you pray? And guess what happened? Walls kept coming down and down and down. And then they were like, now tell us what you guys are doing. And then we was able to share the word.
We met them where they were at, their greatest need where they're at. And then they was open to receive what we wanted to give to them, what God wanted to give to them all along. He says, so I'm going to show you how to do it. So I'm going to teach you how to do it. So after, after this week, enjoy this week, stretch, get, get some sleep, whatever, because next week, practical. How do you give people what it is that they need? And the only way you're going to know what they need is you got to spend time praying for them. If I just give them this word, Lord, did it work for you when you first heard the word? No. Not just y'all. Your boy. I told you I played football across the street from the church my dad was at. And I told my mother that this is how you warn me. And she said, she looked at me. I said, you love the fool off of me. I never told my mother that until this past week. Never told her that. You warned me because you love the fool off of me. You never preached to me. You just did it and met me where I was at. That's how, that's how she warned me. Talent, can I tell you, if you could have seen a look on her face, she was stunned. I think it's stunned for two reasons. One, I actually told her that. And two, that she, that one little act, she could see results of it many years later. She loved me. And that's what God's calling you to do. Love those who are around you. So, that's the word of the Lord he gave me to give this morning. So I'm going to step aside. Uh, this is, you're going to be hearing the, the voice of my brother, uh, Pastor Godfrey, and he brought his lovely wife with him. Glory to God. Pastor Godfrey is actually a member, also one of our brothers in the International Pastors and Leaders, uh, International Pastors and Leaders Forum, uh, which is a group of pastors who meet throughout the city of Ottawa. And we come together every night, every day, to pray for the nation of Ottawa. We pray for the body of Christ. We pray for the government. We pray for you all. We pray, for, you name it, we praying for it. He is, he's, he's, he's the real deal. He's the real deal. I love him and his wife. My, my wife and I love him and his wife like family. And I asked him a few weeks ago, hey, check your availability. I want you to come in and minister to our people. I believe, I truly believe that you need to have more than one voice that you hear from this pulpit because everybody brings something different. Now, I know he's going to bring the word because you know how I am about that. I don't play that game. But I know he's going to obey. the. I know, he one, he's going to give you the word. Two, I know he's going to follow Holy Spirit. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to my brother, Pastor Godfrey. And Pastor Godfrey, you'll be able to see your parameters, how far you'll be able to move from side to side in the name of Jesus. And uh, Pastor Godfrey, in Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. So good to see you. So good to be here today. Uh, it's an honor to be here this wonderful, blessed Sunday morning. I want to first of all thank my dear brother and his lovely wife, Apostle Milton, for this awesome privilege. Can you put your hands together for him together? Um, from the very first day I met you at the, um, the meeting 
and the IPLF meeting on one way, I think in one flock, one shepherd ministries. Okay. Okay. I'm getting used to some of this stuff. <laughs> you know? Thank you. Thank you. For the very first day I met him and heard him speak, I something connected with me, me with him. And ever since then, I've been watching him from afar, learning from him, and feeding off of what God gave to him. And he has been a blessing to me. I want to thank you for the privilege of being your brother and being accepted as your brother. Thank you. Thank you. Um, more importantly, I came also with my wife. Uh, this over over a decade. We've been married for over a decade now. That's quite a while. <laughs> well, well, I, I've done something well. <laughs> Amen. And and it's it's um, her name is Dorothy, and we've been together for over twelve years, but married for over well, about ten plus years now. And it's been it's been it's been beautiful. It's been, it's been a, an opportunity for, my, for me to grow as a person and as an individual too. Uh, one of the first things I told her when we got married was that I, I grew up from a family where my parents were separated when I was quite young. And the first thing I said to her was, no divorce on this table before we start. Because the experiences I had while growing up were not too good. Having to shuttle between two parents, not being around. There are certain things in your life that, is, that goes, become dysfunctional. Now, if I had not met Christ that early, I would have been lost because I was trying to find my identity in many things. But that experience, having that security in your family is very important. And the scripture makes us to understand that the Lord sets the solitary in families. He brings people from different quarters and brings them to the family. And Paul was praying when he said that, I bow my knees to the Father of God, Father of Heaven, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. God is a family man. He loves children. Amen. My friend always says God does not have grandchildren, he only has sons. And I like that. And so God sets us in families. He is interested in you having the security in the family because he wants you to have your identity properly established. Amen. I've already started. I speak from inspiration. That's how I, I flow. But let's just have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you because we know today is blessed. We thank you because your word is true and you are good. We thank you for the opportunity and the privilege you've given to us by grace to come boldly, unashamedly to your throne. Thank you for the blood that speaks better things. It speaks grace. It speaks mercy over our hearts and over our lives. We thank you for this wonderful opportunity where we are gathered together in your name. You are present in our midst. We thank you for seeing eyes and hearing ears. We thank you for understanding heart. We thank you for the light that you have commanded from the beginning to shine into our hearts. You have commanded it to shine into our hearts today in the name of the Lord Jesus. We declare that the entrance of your world will give light and cause life to be quickened in us in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you because we will be transformed from one state to another in your presence because we know you are here. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. While our pastor was just sharing some things about waiting upon the Lord, and uh, something struck me very, very strongly by what he said when he said, 
those who wait upon the Lord shall renew. I did a little word study. I like doing some word study sometimes if I have the ability. I like words mean a lot to me. When you speak something, I, I, I try to find the meaning. I try to find the depth of it. What are you trying to communicate to me? And so I looked at the word renew and found out that it means to exchange. That means to move from one state to another. So it's like the weak one comes under the ability, under the influence of the strong one. And then the strong one gives the weak one strength. And so scripture is saying those who connect to the Father exchange their weaknesses for, the, for his strength. We know God is always strong. We know God is always wise. You see, that's how we will pray. That is true humility. Prayer is a declaration of your humility before the Lord. That is, I don't have it all figured out. I don't know all the answers. I don't have, I don't see everything. But when I spend time with you, you rub off your ideas with me. You share your thoughts with me. You give me inspiration. You give me your perspective about life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's how Jesus operated. Jesus lived on the earth. He always knew what to do. Not because he was operating from uh, a kind of um, uh, uh, um, mystical place. He was just in a relationship with God where he was always in the know. You know, if you are always, if you are, if you are someone who walks behind the scenes with someone who's prominent, maybe a political figure or, or maybe uh, 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 your boss in the office, you are behind the scenes and you are trying to launch maybe an app or launch something. You all have ideas of what is in the know. You have access to certain information every other person doesn't have access to. And so that's one of the things that happens when we spend time with the Father. He brings us to the place where we are always in the know. Praise the Lord. Quickly, I will look, we'll look at a few verses of scripture today from the book of 1 Timothy. And I want to just strengthen and encourage what the Lord is doing in this house. Praise the Lord. 1 Timothy is in the New Testament, chapter 4, and I'll take it from verse 11. While I was praying and meditating upon uh, the word, the Lord impressed this strongly in my heart. I may veer off here and there. But this is where I want to build my thought process from. First Timothy chapter 4 from verse 11. And I read from the King James translation of the scriptures. He said, these things command. Somebody say command. command. And teach. So there is a command in the kingdom. We are like in an army. We are being called to be disciplined in a certain format. One of the ways that uh, the scripture tells us about renewing the mind in Romans chapter 12. To renew your mind means to discipline your thought process. To make it focus on certain things and not on everything. The Lord started telling me a few weeks ago, I was having um, Bible studies. I, I got around with some married folks. So we have Bible studies in my house just talking about marriage. And one of the things the Lord was sharing with us, sharing with me, was about the difference between feelings and convictions and showing me that don't just live by your feelings live from conviction that your feelings should be the means by which you express your convictions don't allow your emotions to direct you direct your emotions in a certain way we live in a society where the culture just tells us if you feel right it is right if you feel good it is good 
But that was what the serpent said to Eve. It looked so good in her eyes. It looked beautiful as something to make her wise. But it was death in, 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 in the place of the apple. The scripture says in the book of Proverbs that there is a way that seems right unto a man. But the end of it is the end that matters. And so sometimes our feelings may go gaga. We go into different expressions. If you touch something hot, you would definitely scream. It's just a reaction. But the Lord was showing me, he said, learn to discipline your thought process. Make it focused. See yourself the way I see you. Let your emotions, your emotions can be trained. Your emotions can be trained to love certain things and hate certain things. Just the same way you love certain meals. You can train your mind in a certain way. So Paul was writing to Brother Timothy about speaking to the church. He said, these things command and teach. Don't be afraid to give a command. Don't be afraid to tell people, line up with what God is saying. Line up with where God is taking us into. These things command and teach. The next line says, let no man despise thy youth. He was speaking to Timothy. Timothy was a young pastor. So let no man despise you. Don't allow anyone speak down about what God has put within you. Don't allow anyone pull you down. Don't see yourself as, as um, let me use the right phrase and word. Let me, don't see yourself less than how God sees you. There's another version of it. The scripture says, don't see yourself more highly than you ought to think anyway. But... Don't see yourself less. Don't look at yourself and say, I am just a child. You know, for many years, I struggled with that identity crisis. And one of the things that the Lord has helped me with over the years is to recover my identity in him and not to discover my identity in anything else that society has offered to me. And for many years, I suffered with that because I kept looking at myself as, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. I have not prayed enough. Have you heard that before? I have not studied enough. I, I, everything I, did, I, I saw was not good enough. So I kept trying to please people. Have you been there? I, I kept trying to do much more. Even when they are, I'm hurt by people, I always try to be the nice guy. I didn't know how to say no to certain things because I was trying to just make them love me. Make them accept me. Make them receive me. And, and the Lord led me to Jeremiah chapter 1, many years ago, verse 10. And he said, don't say you are a child. That everything I have commanded you to do, you will do. And for years I said, Lord, I'm a child. Why are you entrusting me with so much more? He said, no, you are looking on the outside, but I'm looking within you. What I put within you is greater than what you see on the outside. I read about Smith Wigglesworth many years ago. He said, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I look on the outside. Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in you than anything that is around you in this world. Greater one. The greater one lives on the inside. And Paul was saying to Timothy, he said, don't despise what you have. Don't say that what I have is not good enough. It's not perfect enough. 
You see, if your faith is like the seed, a mustard seed, which is one of the smallest seeds on the earth, it can move mountains. Can you imagine small seeds moving mountains? Can you imagine your small input, as it were, shaking this neighborhood? Can you imagine your small five-minute prayers you do daily, consistently, affecting your family? Can you imagine that little effort you put in bringing out major results? That's how the Lord works. He that is faithful in little will be entrusted with much. Glory to God. Paul was saying, don't despise your youth. Don't say I'm inexperienced. How do you gain the experience? By trying it out. <laughs> you don't gain experience by sitting down. You gain the experience by trying it out. Don't be afraid to fail. You just found out one way of not doing that thing. The man called Thomas Edison said that when he tried the the incandescent light bulb experiments. And I was told from what history tells us, <laughs> I didn't write it. <laughs> so <laughs> they said he did 9,999 experiments that failed. And his assistant said to him, he said, everything you've, you've, you've tried 9,999 times and it has failed, it doesn't work. And he said, no, I just tried 9,009, I just discovered 9,999 ways of not doing this. <laughs> and at the 10,000 time, it worked. And see how many lives are blessed because of a man who just took one more step, one more effort, one more, just one more. Hallelujah. He says, these things command and teach. Do not despise. Let no man despise thy youth. But be thou, this where I want to stay, spend some time. Be thou an example of the believer. Many years ago, I used to look up to people and say, okay, which is not wrong. You need to look up to people who have gone ahead of you to learn from them. So you can be challenged to do the same and much more. Jesus said, greater works than what I have done shall you do. And so there's an opportunity for mentorship, for discipleship. But it comes a time when God started telling, dealing with my heart and said, started saying to me, you be the example of what you want to see. You be the example of the man that, that knows how to pray. And you say, oh, uh, the pastor has not prayed for me. Pastor has not called me. You be the one to call the pastor. You be the one to do the visitation. Stop waiting around to be fed. You feed somebody else. Be thou the example of the believer. You'll be the one that connects to God. If somebody says that uh, um, um, people are not living right for God, you'll be the one to live right for God. Don't be among the bad wagons. Don't be among the gossipers that say, this person has fallen. This person has made these mistakes. You'll be the one to stand and shine the light. I say, this is how a believer should live like. If you've not seen one, look at me. You know, one of the things the Lord taught me in, in, while I was growing in my home and going through that dysfunctional stage was the place of prayer. He taught me how to, I had some friends of mine, we just decided, young guys, teenagers, we were just in, a, in high school, just loving God. We didn't know anything. We came from a, a non-religious background. We didn't have any foundation, nowhere, because we only had to go to church and do the mass kind of thing, you know what I'm saying? You know, 
Dominus Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus, and then you go home. For those who have been there, they understand. And so we, we just have that, had that experience. And so I, made, I met, had an encounter with Christ because I was in search of something. I was looking for meaning. And then he just said, surrender to Christ. I said, is that all? Well, I can do that. I just went on my knees and made that commitment. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I needed something. And when I made that commitment, something happened in me. I stood up from my knees and I said, wow, I'm different. And the first thing I noticed, there was no preacher in my family. I started preaching. I started telling people about Jesus. I was asking myself, what's, what's wrong with you? You're acting weird. You know? And then I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And that took me to another level. Started praying in tongues and disturbing everybody at home. You know, all kinds of things. But four of us just decided one day, say, let's just meet and pray. We had a Pentecostal church, the Assemblies of God church, not too far from where I was living. And we would just meet after church, uh, after the doors were closed, 9 p.m. every night. And we just met, just to pray. And we prayed like that for one year, every day. Without planning it, without strategizing it. We just met. Let's just pray. And then we just pray, 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 pray. What were we praying for? We didn't know. We just wanted to pray. We just wanted to get, we were just looking for God. Anywhere we could find him. So 9 p.m. at night, we'll pray in the Holy Ghost. We'll pray sometimes till 10 p.m. We'll pray sometimes till 11 p.m. We'll pray and we started having encounters with God. We started having visitation from heaven. We prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And out of that experience, I was 16, 17 years old. We started having divine encounters. Virtually all of them are all ministers now. From that one in meeting. Now, what happened to us? There was nobody encouraging us to pray. There was nobody inviting us to pray. There was no prayer meeting. We had to go to church. We had to do other things. But we met every night. After everything is done, we came back and met 9 p.m. We were in different churches. We meet 9 p.m. It got to a point that I learned discipline. I learned some things from there. I learned how to keep the time. I learned so many things from, from those meetings. Why? It was where we cultivated the habit of being thou the example of the believer. If nobody has prayed, you'll be the one to pray. You'll be the one to be the one that can touch heaven and bring heaven down. You'll be the one that when you speak, heaven responds. You'll be the one that when you decree a thing, it is established. Get to a place where it was from those meetings, I found out that I had authority with God. I found out that I could pray and see results. I found out that I could pray and change things around me. And before long, people started calling me out for prayers. Before long, they started inviting me to pray in church. Before long, people started noticing the results. Before long, I started praying. I started seeing physical miracles. Why? I chose to be the example of the believer. You see, don't wait to be taught. Learn for yourself. Develop yourself. Develop your capacity in God. I remember, I have a lot of stories. So forgive me if I keep sharing some of them. <laughs> I remember one time I was praying with my wife. We were having family, um, what was called family altar. We have family devotions together. And I was pulling her. I said, come on, get up, let's pray. Let's get up, let's pray. And then the Lord asked me one question. I won't forget. He said, did you die for her? I said, no. He said, what makes you think you can stand in her place and represent her before me? What makes you think she cannot have access to God the same way you have access to God? 
What makes you feel so superior that if you don't pray for her, she can't pray for herself? God was teaching me discipleship. We're trying to show me that one of the five, one of the ministry, the, the goals of the fivefold ministry gifts is not to replace Christ in your life. Ephesians chapter 4. But it's to train you up so that you can walk in the same faith of Jesus. Can you imagine if Jesus sent two people out to go and preach the gospel? Just two. And they turned the world around. He sent two by two and two by two and two by two. Everywhere Paul and Barnabas went to, revival broke out. Just two people. Why? They knew how to draw heaven into that environment. And God was teaching me, and, 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 and the Lord said to me that day, he said, stop, stop standing in her front. Stop taking her space. Let her develop capacity because she has direct access. When Jesus died and the veil was torn, there was access given to every human being to God. You don't need any more middlemen. Jesus is your mediator. He is the way to the Father. And you can access him in the toilet. You can access him in the bathroom. You can access him on the highway. You can access him in the bedroom. You can access him everywhere. Hallelujah. You need to know who you are before the Father. And so the Lord was showing me, saying, when I called you priests, Jesus is your high priest. Say, you and her are co-priests before me. You know what a priest does? He stands as a representative before God and before man. And so don't see yourself, don't cut yourself cheap. You're not cheap. Don't look down on yourself. You have so much capacity in Christ, you've not exercised yet. You know, your muscles are like, muscles can be stretched. When you go to the gym and you push yourself, you can stretch yourself in the spirit the same way. You can stretch yourself. You can pray like that and stretch your spirit man. You can stretch. If, if somebody is saying, you know, I, someone said to me one time, I told one, somebody one time, I said, there is no prophecy. I'm not bragging, but I'm trying to show you how to discipline yourself, how to exercise yourself. I don't think there is a prophecy I've heard from anybody that I've not first heard from myself. So whatever anybody's telling me is something like a confirmation that I've already received from heaven. Can you imagine, do you know that God our Father does not want to bypass you to talk to you through someone else? He wants to talk to you directly. In the children, the children of Israel, they said, don't speak to us. Let Moses speak to us. That's what people have done today. Don't speak to us. Let other people speak to us. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, I am the way to the Father. Any man can come to me, to the Father. God is not trying to speak to you through another medium. He wants to speak to you directly. And so I, I started telling her, and the Lord said to me that day, I won't forget it. He said, get out of the way. Let her connect to me. Are you her father? I said, no. He said, get out of the way. You are hindering her own relationship with me by being in her face. And I called her and I said, what? Your dad said I should get out of the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was, I didn't know how important you were to him, so I'm sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, be thou 
the example of the believer. Let me just quickly read a few thoughts before we pray. Be thou the example of the believer. In word, in conversation. Another word for conversation is communion, in communicating it. Most of us didn't learn, I didn't grow up in a pastoral family. <laughs> when I say that to people, they don't believe it. <laughs> I wish you knew my family. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, wonderful family. They are blessed people. Hallelujah. <laughs> in communicating what you have received, be the example. Rise up to be the example. You have what it takes in Christ. To be everything that God has put within you. You are not here by chance or by mistake. You are here to make a difference. You are here to make an impact. You are here to make an input that will last forever. You see, I have a personal desire. When people say, I want to leave a legacy, I want to leave a legacy. I have a personal desire. My legacy is not just to have things or to make impact. My legacy is to hear him say, well done thou good and faithful servant. I want to hear him say that. And to hear him say that, I'm willing to step out of my comfort zone. Step out of the things that I'm convenient with. Step out of the common. Step into the uncommon. You see, faith only works in the uncommon arena. You don't need faith when you are doing common things. You need faith when you are stepping out. I can tell you, every time the Lord has stretched me, to be an example, I have seen the supernatural move of God like I've never seen before. Every time the Lord has said, step out of what you are familiar with. Step out of what you are used to. I've stepped into the things that are unusual. It says, be thou an example of the believer in word, in conversation. Let's read on. Let me quickly read a few other lines and then we'll pray. In charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Hallelujah. If they don't know a holy person, they will know you as one. If they don't know a faithful husband, they will know you as one. If they don't know a faithful brother, a dependable one, you will be the, you will be the example. You will be the example. Stop waiting for somebody to, be the, to lead. You will be the leader. Don't allow the world to lead you. Tell them, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Stop hiding your light under the bushel. Stop hiding in the midst of unbelievers. I used to have friends in high school who we used to talk the scriptures in the class. It got to a point that they all knew me. I took my stand. Well, and, and I didn't know that this was having impact on other people in the class. I was just taking my stand for Christ. I just love God. And so you can't push me down. If you want to talk about girls and all kinds of things, I will talk about Jesus and all kinds of things. So we'll just talk. So one, one, one will have to back down. And I'm not ready to back down. And then it got to a stage that a lady walked up to me and said, can I see you briefly? And I, I was naive. I was like, oh, no. Have I done something wrong? I was scared. She said, and I went, I said, okay, I will talk to you later. I went home and I went to pray. Lord. This girl wants to talk to me. I don't know. I don't know. I was just naive. And then afterwards, I came. I said, let's talk. She said, look, let's talk in a quiet place. I said, oh, quiet place? Everybody knows me as a Christian here. So, okay, let's talk in a quiet place. So she went to a quiet place, and then she said, I've been watching you. I see you hang out with everybody in the classroom, but you are different. What is your secret? Woo, I was stunned. 
So I've been watching you from afar. And she said, I was a Christian before. But now, because of wrong association, I went out partying and I've lost my consciousness. I've lost my faith. I can't find my way. But ever since I saw you, I've been watching you. You are different. What is your secret? Oh, now, whoa! Don't turn me on. <laughs> and I said, it's just the power of the person inside of me. I can still remember it like yesterday. And the power of the Christ in me. So I can't live this life, but I've allowed him to live through me. I've spent time with him every day. I just say, Lord, I don't know what to do. Tell me what to do. Lord, I don't know my way. Show me the way. You are the way. Lord, I can't see afar. You, have, you, you, you see all things. Lord, I don't know what this person is thinking about me. How should I relate with this person? Lord, I don't know what I should do in this situation. What should I do about it? I said, that's how I live. It's so simple, but we ignore it. That's how I live. I said, I don't have any special ginks. She said, no wonder. You're different. There's something about you. I know, I see you in the midst of sinners. But you, are, you stand out in the midst of sinners. And I've not forgotten that thing today. She's a believer today. Listen. Be thou the example you're looking for. You have access to God. Jesus died and made a way. The heavens are open unto us. How far? Our pastor was just sharing today. How far can you go? God is saying, how far do you want to go with me? How far do you want to go with me? How far do you want to know from the riches of his grace? How much do you want to draw of his beauty? How much do you want to, to feed off of his goodness? It's all dependent on you. It's all dependent on you. Let's have a word of prayer. It's all dependent on you. It's all dependent on you. Draw nigh to me. God has already drawn nigh to us through Jesus. He's asking you to draw nigh. I don't know about you, but I want you to make a prayer of consecration like Jesus did on the, at, at the garden. Not my will, but yours. And his will for us, his thoughts for us are good. Better than the plans you can have for yourself. The plans God has for you are a billion times better and greater than the plans you can plan for yourself. See, many are the devices in the man's heart. Many are the plans in the man's heart. Only the counsel of the Lord is guaranteed to succeed. Not my will, Lord, but yours. You are love. Lord, teach me your love. Let me be an example of those, of the one you've loved. Lord, you are light. Let me be an example of the one who walks in the light. Lift up your voice and pray. Pray the prayer of consecration for yourself. God is inviting you to a deeper walk. A more conscious, a more determined walk. Intentional walk. A more purposeful lifestyle. Oh, the beauty of walking with the Lord. The glory of seeing his goodness and his grace. The glory of exchanging your weakness for his strength. Paul prayed and said, Lord, take this cup from me. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in your weaknesses. Hallelujah. 
So Paul declared, when I am weak, then am I strong. Hallelujah. When society looks upon me and say I'm weak, the strength of God takes over me. Hallelujah. So the strength of God is over me. Why? Not my will, but yours be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in me. Thy will be done as me. Thy will be done through me. That is my agenda, Lord. I live for a higher purpose than myself. I want to live for a higher agenda than what my family has given to me. I want to live for a higher purpose than what every society has handed down to me. Lord, I embrace this high calling of God that I have in Christ Jesus. I embrace this great work that you have called me to be and walk with you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. I'll read. I want us to open this verse of scripture together. And that's where we'll pray from. We're still praying in light of being an example of the believer. Being an example of the believer. Philippians chapter 3. And that's where we pray, and then I'll step down. Praise the Lord. Philippians chapter 3, from verse 10. Mm. No, let me read from verse 7. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 3, the King James translation, from verse 7. It says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings be made conformable unto his death. I will just pick a few phrases. Paul said that I may know him, verse 10. But he counted seven things but loss. They were gain. See, what he was saying was loss was not because it was bad. You see, he counted it loss. There were things that he had acquired in life that he decided to look down on to gain Christ. You see, it's not because what he had around him, he had a reputation as a Pharisee, he had a reputation as a Jew, he had a reputation in, many in, in his family. All those things were good in his own, on his own right, but because of what he was trying to gain in Christ. He considered it to be nothing compared to gaining all he had in Christ. He looked what we call in economics, evaluated it, and looked at what was more important and more valuable to him, his work with Christ. And he said, that I may know him. I don't want to be told about him. I just don't want to hear about him. I don't want to read the Bible about him. I don't want to have a second-hand information about God. I want to know him. I want to have direct access to him. I want to know him the same way he knows me. I want to know him and relate with him the same way he's... I want to see him the way, same way he sees me. 
I don't want to walk in blind, I don't want to be blindsided to him anymore. I don't want to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. I want to know him. That's the last prayer we're going to pray. And you're going to pray that for yourself and pray that for this assembly. The Lord will come with the hunger to know him. We will live here with the hunger to know him. And miss what happens in society. We will not, we'll not settle for second-handed information. We will seek to know him. Lift up your voice and pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to know you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for access to come to your throne, to come to your presence, and to know you for ourselves. Open my eyes. Open my heart. Open my mind. Let me comprehend all your goodness. All you have given to me in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity to come. You have invited us to be the example that we are looking for. That we can rise up to the challenge and be the light of this world. But Lord, we can't do it without your help. We can't do it without your strength. We can't do it without your light. We come like Paul, that we may know you. Not just about you. Not just hear about you. But to have a first-hand experience and encounter with you. I pray for everyone hearing the sound of my voice. That you will bring everyone to the feet of Christ. You will open the eyes of our understanding. You will cause it to be enlightened. You will cause our ears to hear your voice within us. Louder than any other voice. Louder than the voice of society. Louder than the voice of our culture. Louder than the voice of our circumstances. Louder than the voice of our situations. Your voice will be louder within us. For we are your sheep, we hear your voice. The voice of a stranger we hear not. Nor do we respond to. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to grow in grace. And the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for calling us to walk in the light. As you are in the light. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, I pray that this today will mark the beginning of divine encounters for each and every one here. That, oh, Lord, as we go back unto our own walk, hallelujah, there will be a stirring, there will be a quickening, there will be a restlessness that will cause us to pursue and hunger and thirst after you, our righteousness, like never before. Thank you for, as the name of this place is to ignite I pray for a quickening in us by the Spirit of Christ that our hearts will be quickened, our minds will be ignited to pursue you like never before in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for you establishing this house a passion to be the example of this community of who Jesus is as a man, who Jesus is as a father. Who Jesus is as a mother, as a brother, as a sister. And that they will see love they have never seen before. Displayed by a people who are one with Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the outflow of the supernatural. Because of this growth 
and you are breaking forth here. Blessed be your name. I speak life over this house. I speak that your grace and your empowerment will fill this house. I will, will speak that the fire of Christ will break forth over this community. Now hearts will become restless until they find Jesus and be connected with us here. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Congregation, I just have to say something about this wonderful man here, Godfrey. And I thank Milt and Godfrey and his wonderful wife uh, who is here today. What this city of Ottawa has been provided for wonderful pastors who have left their homeland of Nigeria. And we as a, as a, as a, as a country where, where people like Godfrey and, and, and people that have left their homeland and have come here, we have been blessed with the word and the fire of the Holy Spirit in people like Godfrey that have, that have come here to this nation to declare the word of Christ for, in our, for not only in our nation's capital, but in this country. And what we have heard today from Godfrey, and thank you for Milton, for Holy Spirit, for the words of what Godfrey has shared with us as church here today. And as what has happened, what Jeremiah in 23 said that the scattered sheep of my pasture, the pasture of our Lord Jesus Christ's pasture, the pasture of God, that he has placed shepherds to look after the flock. And we think that shepherds like Milt and Godfrey in this nation's capital, we have been a, thank you, Godfrey, for your shepherds, shepherdhood. Here today, we thank you for your ministry. Amen. Thank you. So were you blessed by the word today? What does it say? Be. Be the example. Be the church. See, you know, I'm going to tell you something, just so y'all know. I don't tell people what to say. I just invite. Whatever the Holy Spirit, and, and this, is, this, is, this is what I said. I said, follow, I said, I only ask two things. One, that I, know, I said, Father, I know you've already given him the word. Let him flow. Let him flow. That's the only thing I ever say when I invite. And the reason is, is it has to be genuine from the heart. It has to be from the heart. It has to be from the heart. The heart of God, first and foremost. Yeah, I need you to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit above anything else. So, everything you said, what you didn't know, everything you said is what we say, be the church. Be the church. My responsibility, our responsibility is to teach people how to be the church. Be the church. Be the church. Don't talk about it, be about it. Be the church. 
And see, I didn't know that he was watching Gleeman. I didn't know any of that, you know. Uh, but I, that's, but he, he, but we demonstrated, I didn't know until you just said it, that we've been demonstrating the very thing that you said. Be the example. Be what it is you want to see. Talk about what you, be it, be it, be it. So what y'all see here on Sunday, I'm that way everywhere I go. I don't change depending on who you are. Like he said, what he said was so true. When you be the light amongst all the darkness going around you, you will have more and more of those individuals. Can I talk to you in that secret place? Because they're looking for what it is you have. They just don't know. They're looking for what it is you have. Praise God, brother. Thank you so very much, Sister Dorothy. Thank you so very much. Whew, I'm full. I'm full. And we all have been challenged to come up higher. That's the challenge I got. You got to come up higher. I don't care what about, I mean, we pray for the other churches and everything around this area. But God told us, you're going to be the lighthouse. He didn't say you're going to be. He said you are the lighthouse of the gospel of Christ. He said that light is going to shine so bright from this house. He says that people are going to be drawn to this light. So we just be the light. We just be the light. Well, there's only, we just be the light. And that's what I'm, 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 I'm praying that you will be, that you heard the Spirit of the Lord say through Pastor Godfrey, be the light, be the church, and what it is you say and what it is you do. So, Pastor Brother, you are always welcome. This pulpit is open to you at any time. Man, just, I love it. I love him like my, like my big little brother. As you can see, you know, he got all the height. You know, he got all the height and everything. He got all the height, you know, and he kept his hair. So, you know, but uh, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Let's just go. Father, we decree that what you said also was so true. When you hear a prophecy, it should not be the first time you heard it. When you hear a prophecy, yes, sir. He said, don't skip over that point. When you hear a prophecy, it should not be the first time you've heard it. God will always tell you first. Then he, will, he may confirm it with somebody else, but he will always, always always tell you first see prophecy is to exhort you to encourage you to comfort you he says but i will always tell you first and then i will speak it again if, if i will speak it again to confirm what it is that i said but if it's the very first time you've heard it man put that thing on a shelf if it's the first time you've heard it when somebody else said it man put that thing on a shelf until God says it to you. I don't care who it is. I don't even care if it's me. If it's the first time you've heard it, put that thing on the shelf. Putting it on the shelf means you need to go back and pray. Father, I heard what it is that you said. You've never said that to me before. So what do I do with it? He may tell you nothing. I'm not talking to you. I've had that happen. Somebody who I know is a prophet is a prophet. 
and, and they gave me a prophecy. And I asked the father, what do I, because it was the first time I heard it. I said, what do I do with that? He said, absolutely nothing. That's not for me. That's not for you. Another way about prophecy. God does not use prophecy to get you into fear. If it's fear-based, that's not God. If you get into fear as a result of the prophecy you heard, that's not God. God doesn't operate that way. And I thought it was funny that God was sending people from Nigeria and people from Jamaica and people from Ghana and people from the States. And from this, and I'm like, man, I, and this is what I said to God, brother. I said, God, they already got enough churches in Ottawa. He says, just because they have church in front of their name does not mean I'm in that house. We gonna, we gonna be the church. No, we are the church. And we're gonna de demonstrate in-house, outside of the house, what it means to be the church. I don't care how long the church building has been established. And this is the thing. Our goal is, our goal is not to diminish churches. Our goal is to network with other churches and where they lack, help them to become strong. That's what, that's what we are all about. That's what that word means, ignite, to ref, in, 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 insinuate, to, to, to drive people, to cause, to spark with people that there's a fire, but you got to spark it, spark it, spark it. So that's what we believe for Parkway. That's what we believe for Trinity. That's what we believe for the Anglican Church over here. That's what we believe for Our Lady of, uh, of Visitation. That's what we believe for every church. Man, sometimes you can get so complacent that you lose your fire, and we want to spark it. But they are doing good stuff. Who's, we're not saying they're not doing good stuff. But if we're not doing what God wants to do, and man, I'm believing for this whole Osgood community, this whole Metcalf, Greeley. I mean, everywhere we go, God, because God said, everywhere the foot of your feet shall tread, I've given it to you. Everywhere our feet shall tread, there should be believers, 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 believers. To this whole area, this little small area. It's like the bat, like the bat, uh, when the bat, they need Batman, they flash the bat light and everything. And that's what they should see when they see this area on the map. They should see the light. When they look at it on the map, there should be a light. When they look on Google, there should be something that's like a light. Then people are going to be drawn to this area. That's what I see. Y'all see all those fields out there that are plowed, that are, you know, they got the harvest. The, the, the corn is out there right now and it's waiting to be harvested. That's how I see people. Everywhere you see a stock, I see people's faces, which is a harvest that's ready to be harvested, 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 harvested. And he says, but I need some harvesters. Will you go get the harvest? I'm like, absolutely. Even if it's just two. Me and my homie. I heard that too. Get out the way. Get out the way. Get any y'all husbands here that this morning? Get out the way. Get out the way. Wives, y'all hear that this morning? Get out the way. Get out the way. Yeah, I heard that too, bro. You in the way. But Lord, I'm praying. Get out the way. Hey, man. Thank you, Lord. Father, I decree the blessing over, over Godfrey and Dorothy in the name of Jesus. Over their household. 
over the blessing that they have on the way. Yes, sir. All that you set your hands to, God will set it to prosper. Everywhere the feet, your feet shall tread has he given into your hands. The resources, labors, and provisions necessary for kingdom platform we release into your hands in the name of Jesus. Ignite partners with you. We cover you. We're in partnership and communion one with another. We lift you guys up before God. Every need is met with an abundance beside. A fresh new grace, a fresh new mercy. Open doors of opportunity are open unto you now in the name of Jesus. No weapon that's been formed against you will ever prosper. It dies and dries up on the vine in the name of Jesus. We speak life to your bodies. We speak life to your marriage. We speak life to your ministry. We speak life to your family. We speak life. Those loved ones that back in Nigeria who have been from afar, we call them into the kingdom now in the name of Jesus. We call them into the kingdom now. Father, dispatch laborers across their path. Everywhere they go, a laborer, someone that they were able to receive the word from, Father God, dispatch them across their path. We claim their salvation. We claim their wholeness. We claim their deliverance right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, we call it done. Ministry and angels, harvest and spirits, go forth now. Bring to pass that which we have declared and decreed and prayed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What y'all did not know, I had never heard Godfrey minister. I just heard him pray. So I didn't know, I mean, personally, I just knew he, could, I knew he knew how to pray. And if he could pray like that, I know he has the heart of God. Praise God. Thank you so much. Father. Now, I will be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to act out on the word today. Now, if you have never accepted Jesus before as your personal Lord and Savior, if you have never entered into a personal relationship, see, everything that Godfrey talked about, about, you know, demonstrating it starts with the relationship. Remember he said from the very beginning, it wasn't until he surrendered himself to the Father that he began to know him. I want to give you an opportunity to know him. Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10 says it this way. It says, the word of God is near you. It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So I'm going to invite you to join with me, even if you are far away from God. I mean, you you knew him at some point in time, but man, you you got behind, you, you fell off the path, you know, it don't matter where you are. Jesus is there with his arms stretched out to you right now saying, come. Come. Well, I'm already in a church. I'm not asking you about joining this church, I'm asking you to be an active member in the body of Christ, to become the church, to demonstrate and to be an example. Pray this prayer with me. Say it 
Say it out of your mouth. Mean it from your heart. And I guarantee you, your life will never be the same. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I turn from sin and I receive your offer of forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. Thank you for your love. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. I for receive your deliverance. And I receive salvation. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm made whole. I'm set free. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, we want to welcome you. Welcome you, welcome you back into the kingdom, back into right relationship with God. Now, what do you do now? Man, you got to find a, a good Bible-based church. Why? Because you don't know what it means to be a believer. You don't know what it means to operate according to the kingdom. Ignite is, if you don't have a church in your local area, Ignite would love for you to come join us. Or if you're too far away, if you're in another province or another city, you're in another country, then, hey, join us every morning here Every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m., we'd love to have you. On behalf of Minister Juin and myself, Pastor Godfrey and Sister Dorothy, and the entire Ignite Depot Nation, we want to thank you for joining us today. God bless you, and have a good day.